hello, hello, everybody. I have the wonderful Caroline and Katie on the podcast today. You will probably recognize their voices. And we've done a couple of podcasts together. And actually, we're very proud of ourselves because we've kept this up. Once a month, we check in and uh, we uh, see how each other are. And then we record a podcast. So go us. Um, Today, (laughs) today we're going to be talking to you about boundaries or personal boundaries as such. And I just wanted to have a discussion with Katie and Caroline about how they implement personal boundaries themselves and how they might um, approach this topic with clients as well. Um, So I just wanted to read out first because I think it's always really important to actually understand what a boundary is, what a boundary is. So this is just from a random website, (laughs) not Wikipedia. It it says personal boundaries are the limits and rules we set for ourselves within relationships. A person with a healthy boundary can say no to others when they want to, but they are also comfortable opening themselves to intimacy and close. What have I opened? Close relationships. (laughs) A person who always keeps others at a distance, whether emotionally, physically or otherwise, is said to have rigid boundaries. Caroline's putting her finger up. Alternatively, someone who tends to get too involved with others has poor porous boundaries that's Katie yes okay uh so this uh, this google website is obviously talking about relationships but we don't only mean relationships but you know it's a great example so where should we start Caroline I feel like you've got really good boundaries not rigid boundaries but I feel like you have got good boundaries where did you start and this is a personal question how do you protect yourself and your energy what are your personal boundaries that's really interesting you say that it's interesting you say that from an objective point of view because I was told by a therapist that I had awful boundary setting I don't believe it I don't oh, she told me I'd, and it's one of those things that I've probably been more in tune with because she said your your boundaries boundaries you hold for yourself are not the the expectations that you have for for other people um but when you suggested this as a as a topic I remember thinking yes so you know let's go with this but for me boundaries really mean they come in two forms and I think personal boundaries are one thing and then you have your more your practical boundaries and I think of them in that way so your personal boundaries as in how do you interact with another individual what are they uh, what are the boundaries there and also the, the more practical things of how do you implement structure really in your day to give yourself you mentioned their energy how do you conserve your your energy um I'm a massive 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 fan of boundaries I think they give you direction I think they give you focus and they make it really easy to make decisions and when I think in my head the image I have of boundaries are you know when you go bowling and you pop up the the bumpers if you cheat and you pop up the bumpers (laughs) on either side of the of the the alley that's what I like to think of my boundaries are uh, as because when you have those in place you can afford yourself that degree of flexibility so think of that ball bagging off either side of the bumpers like it does every time I go bowling but it continues to move in that forward trajectory so when you have those boundaries in place yes there is that flexibility there but you keep moving forward and that's why I really actually enjoy having structure like that in place and it really for me something that I see is as really really important um personal boundaries 
I think if you are in agreement and everyone listening here has probably heard that cliche of, you know, put your own mask on before before helping others. It's one of the things that we probably in some form talk to our clients about a lot, about, you know, prioritizing ourselves so that we can show up the best for everyone else in our lives, whether that be in your personal life, professional life, familial relationships, um, anything. You want to be the very, very best version of, of yourself. You want to pour from a full cup. Mm. You want to be in that position. For me, if you don't have boundaries, maybe think of less of a cup, more of a bucket with a hole in the bottom. If you don't have boundaries in place, think of that bucket as having a hole in the bottom and that water is coming out. Now, depending on your ability to set boundaries is going to determine how big that hole is. If you can't set decent boundaries and that hole is massive, how quickly is that water going to pour? If you want to be, I believe, if you want to protect your energy, if you want it to give it to those who matter in your life, whatever that looks like, you want to conserve as much water in that bucket as possible. That hole needs to be as small as possible. Your boundaries have to be fairly rigid. And that's the the analogy or the image I always have in my head of how full am I? How much do I have to put where I want to? And how much am I bleeding out that could be could be tightened up? And how can I how can I resolve that? That's the way that I tend. But I think they come in two different things. I think there's personal boundaries, but also very, very practical application. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit later on about how you can actually set those boundaries. I was going to say, Carol, I'm really intrigued by that. Obviously, all in my head, I've just got buckets and blood and holes. <laughs> I love those analogies. and My mind's gone all over the shop. But can you give an example of maybe one of those? I don't know, like an example of a boundary that you have or that you have set for yourself. A, a personal boundary, I suppose I... You've gone right into this. A personal boundary would definitely be I really believe in you know that old or that old I was going to say fable but you know that thing that your mom always says to you like treat others the way that you want to be to be treated for example if someone doesn't show up in a way say in a relationship if you've had a dialogue with someone and you've agreed you know this is the way you communicate or this is the the exchange that you have between the two of you I believe that if someone continues to uh, to not treat you the way that you have that you're treating them or the way that you've you've ex- your expectations if someone is not doing that I would at that point be like no that's actually something that's taking more energy from me than I'm getting from the situation I would step away from that that's a boundary of mine mm-hmm. that's a, a hard boundary so you value yourself as well I think that as well. I think that's massive. I think boundaries, though, and uh, values are highly, highly, highly. There's a lot of crossover there mm-hmm. because if you have high values and you have high expectations of yourself. You generally have very high expectations of other people. Mm. Yeah. How about yourself, Katie? Oh, well, I was just thinking, I think I'm just like a massive leaky bucket. I mean, the good job is that I've got so much energy that I think quite a bit can pour out. <laughs> So I think Angie. I need to clip that. that. I'm clipping that part of the podcast and putting it on Instagram. (laughs) I am a leaky bucket. It's a massive leaky bucket, but luckily the flow is so large. Um, But, you know, sometimes my husband will refer to me as an empty shell um, and he gets the empty shell and everybody else has had all the energy. So I think when you said about this topic and maybe some people will relate, 
I was thinking, oh gosh, this is an interesting topic. Maybe I will learn how to set some better boundaries. And I think when I'm working with clients, it's much easier for me to give great advice, but like hand on heart, like I am a bit a bit rubbish. And I, I quite like what you were saying though, because then I was trying to bend my mind about, you know, what boundaries do I have? But I suppose if I think about it more from like values, like definitely have, have a value around health. I have a value around sort of connection and family. So I do put some boundaries in place for myself. And I think for me um, with health, it would be like, I have my bare minimum of like how many times I would work out in a week, for example. And I make sure that that time is protected and that that's prioritized because that's really important to me with my children. I'll always make sure that I actually physically turn my phone off Mm. at certain points of the day, because I I'm so kind of um, drawn to my phone like a magnet because again if you work with me you probably know that I'm quite responsive and I love interacting I love hearing how people are getting on I love it when you know there's a bit of feedback or a question or I can help with something or direct someone to the exact workout they fancy Um, so for me I know that I have a boundary in place about I'm going to pick up the kids or you know phones off or I'm going out to get some you know steps and some sunshine and some mental space I'm going to turn my phone off Mm -hmm. because I can't otherwise show up for my clients or for my kids as the type of person I want to be but I have to put in place quite strong boundaries like it has to be like phone turned off probably in another room um to make me be able to perform and be the type of person I want to be because I want to be present I want to be connected don't want to be distracted so I kind of I do have an idea of how I want to be and then I suppose I am trying to put structures in place to enable me to be this better person nudge I love that bowling ball analogy almost as much as the buckets and the holes Uh, but that idea and I often talk to my clients like we're nudging you in the right direction but I love the idea of a bowling ball and that kind of trajectory is forward but you might bounce about like, you know, sometimes you throw a bowling ball, eventually it's going to get there. But, you know, one of those really slow rollers and they just very gently kind of float from side to side. And I actually think lots of clients who listen will be like, OK, like the more I imagine my journey with obviously for us guys, there's always like a health and fitness kind of slant to it. But as long as I imagine that I've got this forward momentum, this idea of where I'm trying to nudge towards, it's okay if it takes a little while. It's okay if there's some swerves or even if it stalls for a little while. Um, But yeah, no, I'm probably most interested just to get the tips from you two. (laughs) Angie? Well, I was firstly just going to read out, it does say here, what are healthy boundaries? And I disagree with you, Katie. I actually think you have amazing boundaries. I actually think you value yourself in all the right areas so credit to you um not a big leaky bucket (laughs) not a big leaky bucket no healthy boundaries you value your own opinion you don't compromise values for others you share your personal information in an appropriate way and you do not over or undershare you know your personal wants and needs and can communicate them and you are accepting when others say no to them that's apparently what healthy boundaries look like. And I think it takes time to work through those. I, mean, I was reading through them and I was like, the one thing, the one boundary that sticks out for me that I've really had to work on is 
knows personal wants and can communicate them. I think it's the communication side of things. I've got so much better now at saying, I can't do it, I need help versus years ago I would you know very much probably all of us would sit bury it try and do it all and never articulate that we need help whatsoever because you know how dare we be seen vulnerable and weak you know and and, and need help whereas now I'm just like do you know what no I can't do it so and so can do it for me or I will ask somebody for help I think I can't remember who I was talking to about this but it was a a man thing sorry if men are listening but There was some, I don't know, some advertisement or something somewhere where there was this woman and a man and they were out on a walk or they were in a supermarket. I don't know. And basically they got lost. And the woman was like, I'm going to ask for directions. And the guy was like, absolutely no. Do not go near them. Don't don't ask for directions. And it was just really interesting to see that the that one person was like, actually, I don't know where I'm going. I'm communicating that I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to go and ask somebody. Whereas the guy was like, absolutely no. And I think it takes something to happen, whether it's just a light bulb moment or something for you to actually admit, do you know what? I can't do all of this. And one thing for me, I shared this on my story the other day. One thing for me in my, you know, we'll talk about relationships here. Um, I was really bad at communicating that I needed help around the house. So I needed, you know, Brad to do a couple of things. And bless him, you know, we had quite a few like conversations about it. And he was like, I don't know what you need from me. You need to tell me. And at first it really got my back up. Now, if anyone's listening to this, you can try and imagine it in other areas of your life. But it really got my back up because I was like, well, why don't you know what I need? Mm -hmm. Right. But it's got nothing to do with that. It's they like they're not mystic meg people aren't mystic meg you do have to nudge people in the right direction to live a happier healthy life and i guess this is a you know a case of putting a healthy boundary in so now we have this rule that if i feel like i need something done i write it on the notepad and i leave it out like for example i took the dog for a walk the other morning there was washing up on the side dries dries me mental and the bin needed to go out and i thought i know what brad will do he'll get up and go and start work because that's what he does he doesn't see this mess so I was like I'm just gonna write a note can you put the bin out can you put the washing up away got back done both did you say please Angie I please in a love heart yes (laughs) (laughs) you know can you put this out uh, and and tie it up for me love you thank you type of thing I was just thinking when you were saying all of this I I mean I, I think Caroline's jotted some things down too but actually now I'm thinking I have got more to say about it and I thought actually that's really interesting Um, And there's something that ties in with that idea of having the vocabulary to sort of describe how you're feeling. And then I've been doing lots of work with clients at the moment with like emotional eating and that idea of when you're not able to communicate what you need and maybe you don't have the right language to describe it, you're not sharing it, you're internalizing it. Um, and actually, I've been, as I've shared with you guys and anyone who knows me, a little overwhelmed at the moment. And I don't think previously I would have said to people that I was struggling and everything was too much. And, I, you know, I was having like little mini breakdowns. But actually, the power of communicating to people where your emotional state is, 
is very powerful mm. and actually just reflecting and particularly like if you're listening to this and you've been doing some work on your kind of emotional eating so kind of eating to suppress feelings or feeling overwhelmed or out of control or you know sad or bored or tired every anyone who's in the summer holidays with small children around might relate just like looking for a release or a break but actually using words to describe your state and to let other people know because yeah. otherwise people just are like oh you know you've got so much going on you're so you know you know you're brilliant at dealing with it all but actually to be like oh hands up actually at the moment like you did Angie I can't do everything yeah. and to imagine I think I think lots of women listen to this podcast but I don't know what it is with some men or partners um is the fact that maybe I don't know if they just don't see the jobs no, they don't say that. His threshold for seeing things is just his threshold to be reached. Like the house would probably have to be like drowning, and then he'd be like, "Oh, I must give it a tidy." But actually, knowing that and then communicating what you need other people to do to support you is really important. One of, it, mm. one of the things that um, I was just thinking about a client I've coached in the past, and she, she, I would say she, she was a high working professional. You know, she, um very much respects herself but she she didn't have very many boundaries with her her family life and her family were overstepping the mark and she was doing everything and you know she was um yeah so we had a chat and I was like listen I know this sounds bizarre but I want you to write a timetable for your family I want you to write a timetable to say you know Jacob needs to take the bin out on a Thursday and your son Drew needs to go and do this and actually they they create this timetable together they sat down and they did it as a family and said this is fair you know and you know Drew you can have some pocket money or whatever if, if you do these things and she did it she went away she did it the family at first obviously they're a bit like oh do we have to type thing but it just it all came together and all of a sudden she realized she had time for herself you know and I think it's just a case of really re-evaluating where you are and if you are getting to the end of the day I've had a couple of days like it this week where I've got to the end of the day and it's literally 10 to 9 I'm like what the fuck have I been doing <laughs> as in I've just been work 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 busy dog hospital appointment this da, 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 da. but actually when I've self-reflected and I've, I've done it on dog walks in the morning it's because I'm on, I've been on my phone at 7am. It's because I've been saying yes to things when I should be saying no. It's because it's on me. It's absolutely on me. That's why I've run myself into this position is because I have let myself overstep the mark. And a bucket, Angie. Exactly. I'm, the, I'm a massive hole at the moment. You need to tighten up that hole, Angie. But do you know, I, I think it's <laughs> pour out. <laughs> Well, actually, I'd quite like that this this hole right now, this pregnancy hole, to be as big as it was. Just fly out. It was quite gynecological, I can say, Caroline. <laughs> I can see Caroline scribble down about a million things. I want to know. <laughs> Honestly, I love listening to you all. I think, do you know what the overarching thing for me is that I think women, particularly women, I don't know. Sorry, again, if any men are listening to this, I'm sure it's not universal. Not, not all men, but we are chronically bad at setting boundaries. And I think it comes from a lot of people pleasing. We want to mm. yes to everyone. We want to be people pleasers. We want to please our children and our parents and our partners and all of the above. But I think the most common misconception is that boundaries are selfish. 
And I would categorically say that isn't the case. And the reason that people don't, you touched on it, the reason that people don't like the idea of others setting boundaries is because they're not communicated. And because there's a lot of uncertainty around boundaries, Katie, you touched on clients and we can all we can all identify with this. When it comes to clients, if you are very, very clear on, I look at my inbox and I look at my inbox between this time and this time and this time and this time. If clients are aware of that from the get go, I'm just using this as an example, but there's no uncertainty there. No one's upset. No one's disappointed. It's a brilliant position for you because you've designated that time to that task. And clients know that, you know, if they submit something at one o'clock in the afternoon, don't worry because she checks her inbox at, at six to six thirty. I think it's all about that communication and the setting of expectations on both sides. There's always negotiation for that. And I think you have to be very, very careful about how you say things always to everyone, whether it's in a professional or personal capacity, whether you're talking to your partner and saying, you know, there's one way of saying, darling, may you please take the bin out because that's just something that I haven't had time to do today versus, you know, stop being a dick. Can you just take that out? Because I'm up to my eyeballs. Like there's very, very different ways of saying things. But I do think it is a, it's a female would you agree? It's a, it's a feminist issue. It really is. And I think it, it just historically goes back to this idea that, you know, we are the cement, we're holding everything together. I think the people pleasing thing like that needs like a whole five minute chat. Like recently, I've had loads of chats with clients and, you know, they have set their values. They have aligned the goal with their values. So, you know, the actions are all aligning. It's all meant to line up. And it always becomes unstuck with women because we want to people please. So for a client I'm working with at the minute, she is going out on a lot of client dinners and out with friends, like how she connects with friends is often over meals. That is a little bit obviously um, tricky and there's some friction there. If you've got a fat loss goal, it's not impossible, but you have to make certain choices and, you know, you have to read a menu in a certain way. So, you know, we can do all of that work and that's, that's not the tricky bit. She's fine with that. It's the pressure from other people. Why aren't you drinking? Why won't you share dessert with me? That comes down to, and obviously I'm not calling this client out, but I was just putting myself in that position. That comes down to your personal values though. Like I would not mind I don't care if I went out on a meal and said excuse me do you mind if I don't have a sauce on my potatoes and can I please swap out the I don't know something really fatty for a leaner meat please like I, I I personally would not care I wouldn't care who I was surrounded by because I, I really value my health you know probably in my values list health is probably number one or number two you know so I think it also comes down to that as well you know and it's being super clear on them and then super clear on your why your purpose your reason your value to have done the work like obviously you're so far down the line of working on your health journey getting that nice balance right and I think maybe you know for us guys we we're sort of years into that journey so I suppose it's it is tricky though when you're just wanting to kind of fit in or when you're just yeah yeah. you're just starting a new job and there's you know you know, there's this expectation again, particularly in the UK that everybody drinks and, you know, all social occasions have to have alcohol. And if you're not drinking, you get hassled. And so it can be really tricky. And I definitely think the way we have structured it now is to make sure that she's so secure on her why, on the reason that she's making these choices and almost like preparing people in advance. Oh, you know, I'm not drinking tonight. 
as yeah. in it's not a conversation I'm not drinking um and actually I don't want that dessert because otherwise and I do think women again it, I do think it's a really female issue it's just that idea of sometimes it's connection as well over food and booze and it can feel like if you're going out and you're with close friends and they're like oh anyone fancy a dessert you want to say yes even if it doesn't if it's not a fuck it yes for you dessert you should probably be saying no particularly if you've got a body composition goal at the moment and you're trying to you know get to the end of the week or the month in a deficit probably if you go out loads it's going to be tricky if you're always saying yes to please other people but I I do get it because you might have a value around connection and socializing and building a network and that can feel like it's therefore in conflict with your health goal which might be a shift in body composition and maintaining that bit of uh, energy deficit so you can tap into your fat stores so I do you know it's complex that's why we enjoy working with people because you're unraveling all of this to find out how you can make sure that you've got that alignment between your actions and how you are behaving and how that needs to be lining up with your values and somebody to sit external to that and go it's really interesting because you're saying this is a value however you're acting in this way these two things are not aligning and it's keeping you stuck it's keeping you frustrated can we just double check that you definitely have this goal at the moment and if you really do then we need to make sure that your actions start aligning with it because otherwise you're in this conflict you're not voting for the type of person you want to be you're eternally in this kind of like cycle and it's massively frustrating it breaks your trust in yourself and you just end up cycling like we all know Mm. voting for the person you want to be I absolutely love that absolutely yeah the amount of times I use the word nudge now since we it's like money boxes and uh, (laughs) and I had a real client win the other day I'm trying to remember what she did she did something phenomenal I think it was that she like went out and ate without guilt but then the next thing she did she just made sure it lined up and I was like oh that is incredible because you've just basically put a coin in the money box for the type of person who doesn't hit the fuck it bucket who just instantly realigns and does it kind of guilt-free just moves on gently calmly I love it but that idea of you know there's always can't remember what it's called they cover it in um, EIQ but that sort of choice and I think it's in some of the emotional eating stuff and you've always got that choice haven't you to make that decision that aligns with the future self that you want or to make a choice that's maybe in conflict or you know directly opposed to the type of person you want to be and doesn't really matter which one you do as long as you do it cognitively so that kind of idea of that choice um, model is really interesting but actually to almost visualize it like that which pathway am I going on and am I doing it consciously love that one thing I was going to say about boundaries though and about being female and I'm going to actually argue the point that I just argued so I'm going to look at completely the opposite side of that is that socially we're talking about kind of social pressures there I think socially there are so many pressures on us to lower our boundaries in a lot of ways your Instagram DMs are open all the time Mm. instant messaging is the way that a lot of companies work now right if you're not on Slack, if you're in a corporate world, you probably are on Teams and Slack. And, you know, if your email's not answered by the end of the day, immediacy is our currency. That's how we operate now, right? Yeah. Um, so in that fashion, I think it's increasingly difficult to, to set personal boundaries. I'm reading, what I'm reading Deep Work at the moment. Have you yes, read? my yeah. favorite book. Yeah. And Stolen Focus, Johan Hari's newer 
Oh, um, I heard a podcast with him the other day. Fascinating. It's really, he's wonderful. I could listen to him um, all day anyway. But the two, the premise of, of both books being how easy and how distracted a, a culture we are and, and how difficult it is for us to, to get into flow. And, to, and that really is, for me, you mentioned health being one of your priorities. Angie, time is one of mine. Mm. And if you want to protect your time, you need to have boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. You need to, to work in set times. So in order for that to happen, the work that you do needs to be of high value, doesn't it? It needs to be, if you want to not be spending all hours of the day at your laptop, with which none of us have time to do, then there needs to be that in place. But I think that's a cultural thing. I think we're all struggling with that in the immediacy that we're supposed to be. If someone doesn't get the two ticks on WhatsApp as delivered because their phone's on airplane mode, what do you think? Oh my goodness, what's wrong? I'll message them on Facebook. I'll message them on something else. I'll message them on you are contactable all the time. Mm. I, I think that or I was gonna say maybe it'd be really good because Caroline, that's if people are listening to this who are boundaryless or who feel like they have gaping buckets. <laughs> your notifications off. Yeah. Okay. So then maybe let's get on to yeah. some like takeaway tips. Cause we've I think we've all described, and I think loads of people will resonate with the fact that they need to have better boundaries. Cause obviously what we hear as coaches is I don't really have time to prep or I don't really have time to exercise or, you know, so there's the work kind of boundaries because obviously we're mostly working with you know working busy women often who are juggling everything so yeah like maybe like some real kind of concrete things that people can just take away straight away go number one you've already said it Caroline but turn all of your notifications off and do not have your notifications on your Apple watch or your Fitbit Mm. because if it's buzzing on your phone and then it's buzzing on your wrist that's a double notification that you just do not need I do not have any notifications whatsoever apart from phone calls that's the only thing I have on my phone I never get a notification if someone's messaged me on Instagram or do that the second thing I would say is read something and then mark it as unread because that way what one you like I turned off all the blue tick shit like I don't have blue ticks they don't have blue ticks yeah like you can turn off delivery notifications or something so people can only see when I'm online but they can't see when I was last online if that makes sense further and archive everyone well yes you can do that Absolutely. I think Kim, Kim taught me that as well. But yeah, one thing that I do all the time, I do it with my clients, I do it with friends is I read messages and then mark them as unread because if I've read them, I will forget that I've read them and I'll forget to reply. So if I just mark it as unread, I know I've still got it when I open WhatsApp, that at some point I need to reply. And the second thing is never, well, third thing is never apologize for being late to reply to somebody. If, unless it's obviously business-wise you've said that you'd get back to them by 6 p.m and it's seven o'clock fine but if it's a friend somebody else it's really not that important don't apologize just reply when you can I've stopped apologizing now hey and it might be three days later you know and as as simple as that and I think that's quite a lot with your phone I would give another one fourth one this is a a rule that I've implemented or a boundary uh, which I do overstep the mark on sometimes and that's what's happened this week is I do not touch my phone until 8am and I do not touch my phone after 8pm 
It's a really good one, Angie. It's my favourite. Nine, nine, nine and eight. Don't message me after those times. Ever. Okay. That's so interesting that you have that. Um, you've covered all my technology ones. I will go down the route of office work. So if anyone who is working in a corporate world and if they have if they're in an office just now, just things I used to do in the office was do explain what I was doing and why I was doing it, but do be consistent. So for example, I didn't like having one lunch at one o'clock when everyone had their lunch. I like I didn't take an hour lunch break. I used to have half an hour at 12 o'clock and then I used to have another meal at three o'clock because it worked well with my, I know that that's a bit extreme and that's maybe not what everyone would do, but what I'm trying to get across is communicate, communicate. Yeah. That I don't want break your protein synthesis. Exactly. Well. I wanted my protein serving. <laughs> the point is, if you actually say to your boss, listen, I know everyone takes an hour lunch break. I'm going to take my hour, but I'm going to take half an hour here and half an hour there. They were getting the best out of me. I was explaining it to them and it worked absolutely fine for me. I used to leave the office for half an hour of one of those and walk. That was just something that I did. Um, no one else did. They would sit with their, you know, Tesco meal deal and eat it at their desk. I never did. I left. No and that was just what I did. And I came in at X time and I left at X time. I used to, in some offices, make the mistake of lying. I used to say, oh my goodness, I've got a yoga class at six. So I have to leave at half past five. When I moved to another one, I stopped doing that. I stopped lying about all the classes and clubs. They must've thought I was insane the amount that I used to do, but I just used to leave at half past five. And I know that some people feel they can't, particularly younger females. I know there is that I must stay until the end. I must be last man standing. You are only paid for your contracted hours, work your contracted hours. And the more that you just make that the norm, people stop questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, if you're in a, if it like when I have managed more junior staff before, like in my other employee, again, I'm saying always like you have to leave when you're meant to leave. Otherwise you're doing more work and they think we have greater capacity and it feeds itself. So you're not really helping anyone out by kind of overworking. And also that whole empty cup thing, you're not going to stay in that job. Probably you're going to burn out. You're not going to be your best self doing your best work. I was going to say like from an office point of view, and this is me just telling myself to do it more than anything, because I do have still have office days the task switching so if you have your emails on and you see every time somebody emails you there's research and I can't quite remember how many minutes it 25. takes it's massive isn't it yeah 25 minutes every time say you're writing a piece of work every time you task switch um, and I mean I am a massive multitasker but multitasking is not good but every time you're task switching it can take you 25 minutes to get back on track so if you can compartmentalize and I know we talk a lot with our clients about um, you know making sure that you've booked in your exercise so a I would say like booking it in into a slot that's protected if it's first thing in the morning don't be tempted to check emails and messages and things prior to you doing your workout protect that time go and do it, have the headspace, notice like the thoughts that happen in your head when you're not bombarded by somebody else's day, images that somebody else has, blah, blah, blah. Um, so 100% that, and then making sure that your emails are switched off at work and, or if you work from home that you actually decide and wrote it out your day, 
So I check emails between this time and this time. I'm saying I don't do this. Obviously, I'm going to do it now. But, you know, actually, the more compartmentalized you can be, the better. I don't doing anyone any favor. I'm making that face because my Google Calendar, and this is so funny, we had a team meeting yesterday with, with my girls and the, and the coaching team. And we're walking in through how to how to structure your day. My Google Calendar is set up. You think I was a raging psychopath. There's two templates for how to run a day. And that's it. Everything is blocked off. Everyone, Caroline. Half past five to 8 p.m., everything has a slot. Now, what I will say, massive caveat, does the day always work like that? Of course it doesn't. I am not a robot. However, what it does give me is structure. So say, for instance, the dog has to go to the vet. There's a breakdown on the way home. The gym session took longer today because I was talking for 20 minutes longer than I should be. All I do when I come back is I look right. All right, it's 2 p.m. I just slot into my day. Okay. I have to think about it. I don't yeah. try to push things later. I don't try. Nope, I've got a block for that tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. Carry on with your day. But the day is literally mapped out and designed. If anyone is interested in anything like that, read, read Craig Ballantyne's Perfect Day Formula and learn about the design of your day. Learn about where your energy flows during the day, how your sessions work could work well for you, where your natural energy spikes are and work with them, not against them. Get the most out of your day and set your boundaries boundaries around what works for you not other people if it's possible she yeah. says as a single female without children and I'm not pregnant and all of it but it's it's much easier said than done of course however if you prioritize yourself mask on first bucket full yeah, yeah. boundaries. I just think um yeah that's really interesting that idea of yeah just basically having that template but then also being really compassionate so when it doesn't work out that you're not beating yourself up or pushing yourself to work even longer that whole idea of compassion's been massive in my chat with my gang at the minute as well so that idea of being kind on yourself being like you know you know obviously if they're journaling which obviously lots of our clients are encouraged to do like reflecting what you did manage to do not just kind of beating yourself up over the head about what you sort of didn't manage to do is so key as well but yeah I really like the idea of having those time slots and then not being distracted I think people are dopamine junkies I talk as one myself so I'm always chasing a hit so I'm going to be really honest I will go to Facebook and look for a hit I will then go to Instagram to look for a hit because my notifications are off I can't see them I'll then switch down to WhatsApp I'll then go to email I'll do anywhere where someone might have communicated with me to find my hit and help me guys what do I do I think do you know what though I think it's really important in terms of uh, what Caroline said about planning because that's something that I do and actually I really 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 struggle with multitasking because I'm dyslexic even if Brad comes to talk to me and I'm in the middle of a check-in I can't do it I lose focus he knows now not to talk to me because it, I just I just physically it overwhelms me I can't I can't multitask and when I try to I don't get anything done I really don't and also it's not a trying issue it's well I'll just procrastinate a little bit and whilst I'm writing this whatever it is blog or whatever I'm on Instagram and I don't get it done so I have to be really really strict with and I absolutely love the, the book Deep Work I'm all about uh, Cal Newport um, about deep work about setting aside what does he call it deep work and what's the other one it's basically like admin tasks like you 
make space and time for the itty bitty bits that you need to do make space and time for deep work and remember that you can't stay in deep work for long I can probably do deep work for about an hour and a half so a task that I do not look up you know anything else whatsoever I crack on for an hour and a half and then I have to give myself a break and then you have to make time for those dopamine hits for that right I've done an hour and a half now I'm going to have a bit of a scroll and now I'm going to let myself enjoy and you know look at different things and then I've had my half an hour scroll or my 20 minute 20 minute scroll whatever and then go back to it sometimes I'll be like no don't go on your phone go and play with a dog you know and and little things and I think it's really important especially if people are listening and I know we all kind of work with people like this but people are struggling with emotional eating you have to get better at not being a busybody in your mind because the problem with dopamine is you will then finish work feel exhausted your cup is now empty and you will reach for food and that is because you haven't trained yourself to look for that dopamine hit elsewhere and you have probably overdone it all throughout the day. You're exhausted. You have to give yourself those pauses throughout the day to be able to just chill for a second and then return back to that, you know, flow state, that deep work. So yeah, if you are recognizing that pattern that I've just described of monkeying around your phone, it would be much better if I just did a minute of deep breathing because we all reach yeah, like yeah. if anyone's listening and they're like oh yeah the minute like I'm in a restaurant and someone goes to the toilet and I reach for my phone I'm in a queue and I reach for my phone you know actually you could utilize those times to do something else and like, what's really interesting is um and Caroline you had this when you went to Mexico because I know we did a podcast when I went to Spain a few weeks ago my o2 my o2 data just did not work outside the hotel so I could only get wi-fi in the hotel outside the hotel no and it was literally amazing because I just thought well that is my time you know being at the hotel when we're getting ready in the morning or whatever or if I'm on a sun lounge I can have a bit of a scroll I can enjoy that the rest of the time I just had time you know for for me and my headspace and I think for anybody if you are going on holiday and let's say you have you're overworked your kids are driving you up the wall blah 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 do try and implement some healthy boundaries around your phone because before you know it, it's a great yeah. yeah. Just look at your screen time, look yeah. at your screen time and scare yourself with what you could do with that time. If you are someone, maybe you're trying to start a business, maybe you've got a side hustle, maybe you feel like your relationship isn't great with your partner, maybe you feel like you're not prioritizing exercise or you don't have time to exercise, you never have time to meal prep. Go mm-hmm. and that screen time. Go and look at that and see how you could utilize that better across the span of the day. But as far as I'm concerned, the day that the Nokia 3310 comes back, I will be first <laughs> in line to buy that phone. That yeah. will be the best thing that will ever happen to us is when that the one thing I just wanted to add just to quickly just for people on weekends because this comes up for me a lot and sometimes I will not put healthy boundaries in place and what I'm talking about is when you get to the weekend uh, and I get clients to do this write down the things that you absolutely need to do the things that you want to do and the things that would bring you pure joy. So, you know, in a dream world, you would love to do. Now, I did this weekend, uh, did this last weekend. I knew I absolutely needed to sort out my hospital bag last weekend because I just kept putting it off. So that was 
I need to do this. And actually, if I do it, it will make me very, very happy. I also really needed to clean the bathroom because if I didn't do it, I was going to have literally a meltdown. The other things were I want to. And yes, last weekend, we just had a weekend at home. I also want to clean the rest of the house. Did it need doing? No, it could have gone another week, but I wanted to because it would make me feel a bit better. So really identifying this needs to be done. This is life or death. <laughs> the hospital bag is life or death. You know, that might be need to do. I've got to take my kids to football. I've got to do this. Da, 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 da. These are my responsibilities. Then want. There's a big difference between need and want. And then finally, in a dream world, what would I like to do? And my dream world was I just really wanted to get to the gym on the weekend. That was like the one nice. thing that I just really, really wanted to do for myself. And that happened. And I write this list. So need, want, joy. I and can't then believe you want to clean your house, though. I was going to say, surely there should be another column, which is, could somebody else do it for me? No, I, think I like. I actually quite like cleaning my own house. Like I do. I, I like the way I do it. Control freak. Um, but I think it's really important to identify because what can happen, and this used to happen to me all the time, is every weekend I'd have this. I'd write a list, right? Write a list of all the things that I needed to do. I'd get to the end of the weekend and be like, I've not done it all. I've failed. I'm like, and I'd get to Monday and I'd be really annoyed actually did I need to do all those things no some of them were needs some of them were wants and some of them were things that I just wanted to do you know that really brought me joy and I think it's really good to identify those because then you don't get to the end of the weekend and feel like a failure you can actually go actually there were three really important things I had to do on my need to do task and then there was some on my want to do I didn't get through all of them that's okay and I actually managed to tick off you know a a personal love kind of thing what do you call it Katie personal love something love I don't remember talk about like a non um food based treat like think of something you can treat yourself with that isn't food but I don't know oh like just I I don't know what what does loving yourself look like oh what does loving yourself even more deeply right now look like Uh, guys I'm very aware of the time but I feel like we shared some amazing (laughs) tips is there anything burning Caroline no, I'm just as that I was in flow state there. I didn't even look at the time. I was in flow. Yeah. Amazing. She's got her pregnancy pen again. Caroline, right. If anybody follows Caroline, please go and look at the pen she uses in her Instagram stories because it looks like a pregnancy test. And every time she brings it up, I'm like, stop using that pen. <laughs> Everyone's got their favorite pen, don't they? Like, <laughs> you can tell what stage of your life you're in. See, it wouldn't like, even register on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> We hopefully we'll get another one in before we have an an addition to our. (laughs) Can we hold on for one second and we can make that date because we forgot, didn't we? But thanks, Andy, for September. There we go. Thank you. you. Really enjoyed this. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions or has a topic in mind that they would love for us to discuss, then please do get in touch with either three of us. I will obviously link everybody's show notes. Show notes social media handles in the show notes I'm also going to listen back and write down those books as well that you mentioned Caroline because I've forgotten them all. amazing all right have a great day everyone enjoy Bye. Bye.